If you have your Bible or a copy of God's Word, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Blue Angels or not. Um, I like watching those videos, especially when people ride along in the back seat or the back, whatever. It's probably not called a seat. I don't know the terminology. Uh, whenever they ride along with the Blue Angels pilots. But there's this thing that they do when they take off. If you've never seen it, um, you know, they jet going down the runway. It takes off. It looks like they get like 15, 20 feet off the ground. And then they just like kick that thing straight vertical. And like it looks equal parts awesome and terrifying, right? Um, and they do it's like a vertical climb where they just get really quickly up to their cruising altitude. And if you're wondering what that has to do with the sermon this morning, not a lot other than I've got to get us to cruising altitude pretty quickly because we're going to do some stuff at the end of the service that I want to leave some sort of uh, unhurried, unrushed time for. So, so we're going to dive in pretty quickly here to uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, just to kind of set the context, we were in 1 Corinthians uh, three, four weeks ago. I don't know, my weeks run together at this point. Um, and, and maybe you remember the, uh, the church in Corinth was a bit of a dumpster fire of sorts. Uh, a lot of stuff happening there, stuff that uh, Paul even said, like, hey, even pagans, people who are far from God, would look at that and be like, dude, that's gross, okay? Um, and, but one of the, the, the things that was clearly evident in the church in Corinth from Paul's letter is just there was division, right? Just constant division over a, a myriad of different things. And so it's into that context where just a church with lots of lots of division that Paul writes and he's going to use this illustration of the body to talk about unity in the church and so here's what I want to do this morning I'm going to give you sort of four themes from our passage this morning I'm going to tell you them up front so that in case I forget to mention them you've already got them um, here they are right four, four when you think about the body the church being a body four themes from our text this morning the first is diversity, dependence, indivisibility, and intentionality. Okay? I'm helping you. See, if you take notes, I just helped you out. Okay? All right? Diversity, dependence, indivisibility, and intentionality. All right? So let me read the uh, first few verses. We're going to kind of work through it chunk by chunk, starting in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's what Paul writes. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Right, so where Paul begins here, he's, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's writing to the church about the church. Right? And so just so we're all on uh, the same page here, I think it's probably good that we kind of define what the church is in this context. Right? It is a, a collection of, uh, kind of like the text says, individual members that have united together right, as one body. And what unites them is their faith in Jesus Christ. Like, that is what, you know, that's what the church is. It's a, it's a gathering of people who all uh, center their lives around the reality that they've submitted their lives, surrendered their lives 
to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And, and because they've been reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ, they've been reconciled to one another as a body, as a family. Okay? And the theme here over and over again in just these first three verses as, is that there is one body, but there are many members. Right? There's one body, there's many members. And, and, and the, the, the highlight there is that the body of Christ is a diverse body. It's unified in that it's one body, but it's diverse in that there are many members of the one body. And then we see in those verses, there's even some, some that, that diversity plays its, itself out on kind of some different spectrums, right? First, he says that we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. So that has to do with more uh, sort of their, their backgrounds, right? Their, uh, this is what we talked about a little bit last week, if you were here, that the church is by design a, a combination of people, of members, from a variety of different uh, racial backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, uh, political persuasions. Uh, I mean, we fall at socioeconomic levels. I mean, the church is meant to be a diverse collection of people from a variety of different places, all on a variety of different spectrums. That's what the church is supposed to be, right? That's what we hope the church is, right? But... But the primary thrust of the passage this morning is not that uh, the body of Christ is diverse across sort of backgrounds and experiences. The primary thrust is that the, uh, the body of Christ is diverse when it comes to gifts and abilities and talents. Right? That's the, the primary thrust of the passage this morning. And so uh, that brings me to the second thing I want to I highlight for you. And we'll probably spend a little more time here, and that's on dependence, right? So the first one was diversity, right? The body is a diverse body. Second thing is dependence. Okay, let me read. Um, actually, let's back. Let's hold off. Let's read that in just a minute. Uh, I talk about dependence. You talk about diversity and dependence. You got these two things together. Here, here's here's something I think we really need to understand as the church is that unity does not equal uniformity, okay? Right? Unity is we're all united together, same purpose, same mission, like we're going the same direction. Uniformity is like we all look the same, we all think the same, we all have the same gifts and abilities. Right? That's not the church, right? The church is it's uni- unified, but it's not uniform. You track, like, does that make sense? You tracking with me there? And so when we talk about diversity and dependence, it's actually when we're united, right, as a, a diverse group of people with different talents, different abilities, uh, different giftings, like it's actually that diversity that, that highlights the unity. Because we'll, we'll get to this in a minute. I, wanna, I don't want to preach part of the sermon uh, that's for later now, but, but man, the, God has united us in a way. He's put us together in such a way so that in our diversity, we are dependent on one another. And it's that diversity that actually highlights the things that were unified. Like when people from a variety of different backgrounds and experiences with a variety of different gifts and abilities and talents can all come together and work towards one unified mission, right? To, to worship God, to love God, uh, to love and serve our neighbors, and to make disciples. Right? It's actually the diversity that sort of highlights what we're united around. But I want to draw out a couple of implications uh, when we talk about dependence. And the, the first one is this, is that 
in the context of the body, right, the church body, right, the rest of the body depends on you. Okay, let me show you where I get that. Look at verse 15. Paul says, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. All right, so there's a, sometimes there can be a temptation. All right, when you, you're in community with people, especially in the context of a, of a church or a local body, there can be a, a temptation to kind of look around at, at other people and sort of uh, their gifts and their abilities and their talents and their resources and to say, well, I, I'm, I can't do that. Right? I, I can't sing. Right? I can't play an instrument. Uh, the thought of speaking in front of someone like I'd rather die. Okay, like you, we could... It's easy to look at other people and be like, well, I can't do that, so I'm, what's my role here, really? Right? And I mean, the reality is, is you, might not like, you might not be like the people around you. Right? Not, not all of us have uh, the velvety vocal cords that Zach does. That's fine. Right? That's fine. Right? Not, not all of us... Uh, have the, the gift or ability to stand in front of people and, and teach. And that's fine. Not all of us uh, feel comfortable like standing at the front door and welcoming people. Right? Introverts are like, oh, yes, that's true. Right? We, don't all, we don't all wired in, in the same ways. Right? Some of us are not, you know, like we, we love children's ministry, but we're like, that is not for me. Right? I love student ministry, but... Support it any way I can, but that is, that is not for me. Right? There's a reason I'm not in student ministry anymore. Okay? My point is that just because your gifts don't look like the gifts or abilities or talents of the people around you, it doesn't mean that your place in this body is any less important. Right? We all have a role to play. Right? Just as the physical body is dependent on and even the, the most seemingly insignificant parts for the body to function, the, the church body, this local body is dependent on, on you doing your role, whatever that role is. Okay? All right, so the, the rest of the, the body is dependent on you. But here's the other part. You are dependent on the rest of the body. Okay? Let me show you where I get that. Look at verse 21. Paul says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not 
require. The, the point here is, is Paul's kind of talking to some of the people in church here that they maybe had this idea that because I'm gifted in this way or I'm talented in this way or I have this ability that, that I'm a little more like spiritually significant, significant than my brother or sister that, that maybe isn't gifted in such obvious, visible, tangible ways. Right? It's Paul sort of cutting at the spiritual hot shots and being like, hey, you may have really visible gifts. You may have just incredible talents and abilities. God may have wired you and equipped you in a really like, significant, noticeable way. But that doesn't mean that you are any more important than the brother or sister that serves anonymously, quietly in the background. Right? Because we're all dependent on one another, just as the rest of the body is dependent on you. You are dependent on the rest of the body. Right? That's, that's, how, that's how God has appointed us and connected us. Again, think of your physical body. Your physical body. It, like it, we all want to give, uh, obviously, the, right, your, your brain seems pretty important. Your heart, your lungs, right, all that. And, but there, there are other organs in your body. I, I read this week of the, uh, I think it's called the, uh, the pineal gland. I don't know if, I'm, I'm not a doctor, at least not that kind of doctor, so maybe I'm off base here. But it's, just, it's the smallest organ in your body. Okay, it's kind of like down in the middle of your brain somewhere. Um, and, and what it does is it regulates like your ability to sort of process sort of light, dark, kind of helps with your circadian rhythms, that sort of thing. Right? The, just the smallest, the most seemingly insignificant gland or organ. But I tell you what, you, you remove that and it throws off your sleep patterns. You wait and see until how long the rest of your body starts to suffer because of it. Like, I don't know if you know this or not, your body needs sleep. Right? All the, the moms of young children are like, yes and amen. Okay? My point is that it, it doesn't matter how, yes, yeah, some gifts are more obvious. Some Talents are more obvious, notable, like even, and some of them are even more celebrated. But that doesn't make those gifts that are more obvious, celebrated, noticed, it doesn't mean that they're any more important than the ones that are less obvious or less noticeable or less celebrated. Right? We're all, this is a dependent body. One body, many members. And we've all got a role to play if this body is going to function the way that God has designed it to function. All right? So, move on to the next one. So we've got diversity. We've got dependence. Third one, indivisibility. Look at kind of the second half of verse 24. It says, But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. So, think about the way that God has designed your physical body to work. Let's just take me, for example, here. Okay, I don't know if you've noticed. If not, you're about to. 
I like to talk with my hands. Okay? I mean, we were talking about the Blue Angels earlier. Like, I could have a career in, like, motioning those things down the runway, right? And so I like to talk with my hands. I always have. But here's, as far as if, if I understand correctly, if I want to move my hands, then, then that requires some neurological signal for my brain to shoot down this long, lanky, gangly arm. It's like, hey, move your hand. But if my hand's going to move, it's going to require uh, my muscular system. It's not much of one. I recognize that. Okay, but it is a muscular system. Right? It requires muscles in my arm to move and contract and right, ligaments to, like, to move and do whatever ligaments and tendons and stuff do. But, it, but if my mus- muscular system is going to work, it's got to be attached to a skeletal system. And you see, I mean, we could just keep this going. Right? For the body to work, it has to work as a single cohesive unit. Like everything's got to work together. Everything's got to fire at the same, same time and in the same way for your body to function the way it's supposed to. It's indivisible. In fact, whenever your body is, doesn't operate uh, in, as one indivisible, cohesive unit. We usually call that a disease or a disability. Right? Because the, the body is, is supposed to, infunct, when it's working properly, the body is supposed to function as one cohesive, indivisible unit. That's what the body is. And so the, kind of what Paul's getting at here is when we think of the body, the, the church body, the corporate gathering of God's people, it should be thought of not primarily in terms of uh, the individual, but in terms of one composite, cohesive, indivisible body. That's why it says when, when one member of the body suffers, right, we all suffer. When, when one member of the body is has reason to rejoice, I mean, we, we can all rejoice. Right? It, the church is not meant to be a place of us and them, or this is kind of my, my zone and there's kind of that zone over there. This is one cohesive unit that if we're not all doing our part, if we're not all doing what we're supposed to be doing, then, then the body suffers because of it. The body doesn't function as it was designed to function. It doesn't function like at its highest capacity unless all members are working together towards one unified goal in, in the, same, the same way. That the body of Christ is indivisible. And then really quickly, here's what I want you to, to see in, in all of this. And this will kind of move us to sort of a, a we're going to get really practical in our response here in just a minute, but uh, here's, here's what I want you to see. That in, in all of this, in the diversity of the body, the uh, dependence the dependent nature of the body and the uh, indivisibility of the body, all of that is intentional. Right? It's, it's all intentional. Look at, go back, if you jump back up to verse 18. Paul says, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. God arranged the members in the body as he chose. Later in verse 24, but God has so composed the body. 
here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. It, it, is, it is not by accident, it is not by coincidence that you have the abilities, the gifts, the talents, the resources that you have. Right? Maybe it's things you were born with, like maybe you're just kind of an outgoing personality. Maybe it's things that you acquired over, over time, like you gifted in, uh, maybe musically gifted, right? You, you can play an instrument or you, you've developed a, uh, a singing voice. Uh, maybe it's administrative gifts, right? It doesn't have to be just stuff that's on the stage. Maybe it's you're really good at figures and numbers. and like, like, right? it's, it's not by accident that you are gifted and wired uh, in, in the ways that you are. God has put that in you. Right? We, we talk about how God, uh, read some of the Old Testament, where it's, you know, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Like, like God knew what he was going to call you to, and he's wired you and gifted you, uh, and, or put you in situations in which you could grow in those giftings. Like he's done that on purpose. It's, it's by his design. And so not only is it not an accident that you are gifted and wired and talented and, and you have the abilities that you have. Not only is that not an accident, it's also not an accident or coincidence that you're here. It, you may think it's an accident or a coincidence. Right, the, the military moved you here and so I guess this is home now. Or maybe you were part of uh, the church that was here before and you just decided to stick around. Okay, Or maybe you just came here by some other way, you just walked in one day and you're like, this seems fun, I think I'll hang around. However you got here, it may seem random to you, it may seem like a coincidence to you, it's not to God. Because what what we believe is that, Acts, Acts 17, 26, I love this verse, I reference it all the time, but it basically says that God has determined the allotted uh periods of time that you would live where you live. He would determine your boundaries, your dwelling places. God has designed this body. He's put, he's taken uh, your giftings, your abilities, your talents, and he's brought you to this place. And then he's brought some other brothers and other sisters with different gifts and different abilities and different talents. And he's put us all together. He's appointed us. He's, he's composed us. He's brought this body together so that his fame, his renown, his glory might go from this place out to the the community we're in, the north side of E-Town, ultimately to the ends ends of the earth. Right? It's not by accident, it's not by coincidence that you're gifted the way you are, that you're here where you are. It is God's intentional design for this body. And so, uh, but, but here's the reality, is this body will not work the way it is supposed to and unless we're all doing our part. This is Ephesians chapter 4. I didn't even put this on the slides. This is just kind of in the moment. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we as a body are to grow up 
in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Catch this. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The only way that this body will do what it is supposed to do at its highest level, the only way that will will function properly is when each member, each part of the body is working properly. Like when your gifts, your abilities, your passions, your wirings like are, are in line with what the Lord is doing here in this place. Right now, I don't know all of your gifts and all of your abilities and all your talents and how you're wired. Uh, I, I'm not omniscient. Right, So here's, here's what we're going to do this morning. is We just wanted to make this really, really practical. Really, really easy. All right? To help you maybe figure out, like, okay, where is my place in this body? Where, where can I serve? Where can I uh, steward my gifts, my talents, my abilities, uh, my passions, so that this body might work the way it's supposed to? And the way we're going to do that, uh, at least in this moment, is uh, if you have a smartphone, I would encourage you to go ahead and take that out. You have my permission to get your phone out in church. All right? So once you get that, there will be a slide on the TV screens, should be. And we need to text VC United to 94,000. All right, you might go back and put that other slide up there so they can see it, if you don't care, DJ. Probably just leave it on that one, honestly. Text VC United to 94,000. Make sure you check autocorrect. That'll get you, okay? Because if you do it properly, what should happen is it's going to send you a link back uh, to your phone. You click on that link. It's going to um, send you to a survey, a very quick, very easy-to-answer survey. Just going to ask for your name, some very basic contact information, a number, uh, an email address. And there's just going to be a series of, of options. Maybe areas that you are interested in serving in. Maybe you're gifted to serve in these areas. Maybe you've thought about serving in these areas, but you've never really known like, how to get involved. Um, and we're just going to ask you if you would. Uh, let, me, let me highlight a couple things here. Uh, one, if, if you are... Um, make sure I, I get this to you the right way. If, if you are um, filling out this survey, one, you, you're not committing to anything, okay? So let me free you up. Some of you guys, you're like, I ain't filling it out because they're going to wrangle me in. I mean, I'm going to try, but like you're not committing. I'm just being honest, right? You're, you're not committing to anything by filling out a survey. Here's what you're doing. You're saying, this is something I'm interested in. And then from there... There will be either a, a, a ministry leader or a staff member, right, someone that has some sort of leadership over the area that you check. Someone will reach out to you to just have a follow-up conversation. Okay, so you're not, you're not committing your life away to anything. All right. Second thing, if you're already plugged in and serving, uh, I would encourage you to still go ahead and fill that out. Because quite honestly, it helps us to kind of see in one place like where everyone is serving. 
Um, it, it would help us to kind of see where are some gaps that we need to fill. Um, you know, what, what areas are we weak in? What areas do we need to, to emphasize? So even if you're already serving, if you would go ahead and fill that out, that would help us tremendously. Uh, and then lastly, if you, if you don't have a smartphone, uh, or if you're just like an old soul, a little bit like me, and you'd rather fill out a paper copy, uh, we do have these at the info desk in the back. Okay, you can grab one of these on your way out. Uh, you can either fill it out and leave it there at the info desk, or you can kind of take it with you, pray about it, bring it back next week. Um, but we do have paper copies available. So here's how we're going to, we started off talking about the Blue Angels. Here's how we're going to land the jet so to speak. Um, listen, maybe you're here and you're just like, man, I have never, I have never really thought about where my place is in the body. Like I've never actually stopped to think like, how am I gifted? How am I wired? Uh, what am I good at? What natural you know, abilities has the Lord given me? Maybe what spiritual gifts do I have? If you've never taken time to do that, uh, you may have no idea how to fill out this survey. And that's okay. But here's what I would ask you to do. Would you at least commit to praying about it? Right? Would you at least commit to praying about it? Because right? I'm going to be just really transparent. We have some real needs here. Right? We have some real needs in various if, if our church is going to move forward and do the things that we hope to be able to do, like we're just, we're going to need help. And I'll even, I'll even be a little more transparent. I'm breaking away from what I had planned here. So part of my job is to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry. It's part of my role. That's Ephesians 4 we just read. And uh, in, in, in vulnerability... I don't know that I've done a good job of that. More specifically, there's been areas of need that I have just not brought to your attention as I should. So, man, I, I own my part in this too. Right, but if we're going to move forward, it'd be easy to look back and be like, man, we really screwed all that stuff up. Um, we could do that, or we could say, no, we've got work to do. Let's get busy. Let's all plug in and get involved, and let's move forward. And so if you would don't know how to fill out that survey, and please take that, pray about it, and ask the Lord to, to reveal to you kind of how you're gifted and wired, and, and you bring that back next week, okay? Second thing is this. Maybe you're here. We've talked about a body. Maybe you're here, and you're, like, you consider yourself part of the body here, this local body, but you've never actually, like, formally committed yourself to this body. Uh, and, and that, you can do that, like, you, you've... Maybe you've never publicly acknowledged, I am a part of Valley Creek South Wilson. And if here's two ways you can do that. Uh, one, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, but you've never been baptized, this would be a great step for you to publicly identify yourself as a member of this body. All right, so, so baptism is one. But maybe you, you're a follower of Jesus you have been baptized, but you've never actually formally joined us, right, in membership. If that's you, and I would ask you to consider that, right, that we might sort of publicly identify as, as one body. And so if you're here and you've never joined a membership, uh, you're interested in that, 
that's a conversation we would love to have with you and tell you what steps to take uh, for you to do that. We can do that after the service today, um, anytime at your convenience. And here's the third one. Maybe you're here this morning and you're, you're not connected to the body just because you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And because the reality is, and you can fill out a survey, you can serve your heart out. But if you've never surrendered to Jesus Christ, the head of the body, if you've never trusted in him as Lord and Savior, that means you, you've never been connected to the source of life. So if you're here and you've never trusted in Jesus, uh, myself or any number of us this morning would love to have that conversation with you. About what does it look like for you to follow Jesus, to join this body? And then we'll get you plugged in serving where the Lord has gifted you and, and wired you to serve. Right, so that's a conversation that, that you need to have this morning. Again, you can have that conversation here in just a moment during the, the song uh, or even after the service is over. So um, with that said, I'm going to invite you guys, if you would, go ahead and stand with me this morning. I'm going to pray for us. The band's going to come lead us in a song of response. Uh, and then we've got a little something uh, special and significant to do here at the end of service. So pray with me this morning. Father, we come to you um, as one body with many members. And I pray, Lord, that we would or just get a, a renewed sense that, that we all have a part to play here. And it may not look like the person next to us. In fact, it probably won't look like the person next to us. Lord, some of us, you've, you, you've gifted in maybe more noticeable, more perceptible, more tangible ways. Some you've gifted in, in more quiet, uh, reserved, unnoticed ways. But, but we all have a part to play here, Lord. And I pray that we would see that. And so I, I just pray in this moment, even, that you would begin to help these men and women see how you've gifted them, how you've wired them, what their, their passions are. And I pray that you would give them the, the courage and boldness to, to say, Man, this is a place where I feel like I can serve. I don't know what all that means right now, but, but I, I want to. I want to step into that. And Father, maybe there's some here this morning that they've never, uh, they've never taken the first step of obedience and joining your body in, in baptism. I pray that you might um, Lord, convict them of that this morning, that they would take that step, publicly identify as, as a member of your body. Or, or maybe some that have kind of been around and, and they've been here, and maybe they even consider themselves to be uh, part of the body here, but they've never publicly joined, uh, publicly identified as part of this body through membership. I, I pray that you would prompt them and move them to do that. And then, Father, maybe there's some here this morning that are still cut off from the source of life. They, they don't need to find a place to serve. They don't, what they need most is to surrender their lives to, to Christ as Savior, to submit their lives to Jesus as Lord. Father, you know their hearts, and so I pray if there's any in this room this morning that, that find themselves there, that you would convict them of that and and give them the boldness and courage, Lord, to, 
to have a conversation. Let's, let's talk about that, what that means. But Father, this, this is your time to deal in our hearts and in our minds. And so I pray that you would do that this morning as we sing the song of response. Would you, would you provoke us to respond as you would have us to respond? And we pray and we ask all this in Jesus' good name. Amen.